Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Chopper Peak Pinnell, and today I am joined, as always, by Tempest the Wrestler. I am Tempest. He is still Tempest. It's, it's appropriate this week because I did a big old Scott Pilgrim reference in the news video today. You certainly did, didn't you? I it did. was great. I really Thanks. appreciated it. It was very good. I'm glad um, someone did. I, part of these videos to me is just like me having a creative outlet and just being like, you know what? Why not? It'll make me laugh. So hearing yeah. that other people have appreciated it as well makes it worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Because you always go, you always make that really niche reference that no one really understands. And you'll see one comment that goes, I got that. And you go, yeah, yeah, you're my guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, how you doing? You all right? Uh, yeah, I think so. You know, yeah. I, my last week has been pretty uneventful and that's a good thing. I don't have to deal with this rooster anymore. I can confidently say that it is gone. Oof. So that's a th that's a big thumbs up. My quality of life has increased dramatically. I've been vaccinated. I don't need to stress about looking for one of those appointments. Amazing. So I'm just hunky dory. I'm just watching wrestling this week, man. We got mm -hmm. blood and guts tonight. That's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. We had a good NXT last night. That was fun. I got no complaints. Yeah, man. RIP Wrestlecock 2021 to 2021 uh may Ugh. may may he reign long may he reign in heaven uh My i assume nightmares. he's dead i don't know i don't know <laughs> what they do with these roosters i don't know if <laughs> if the city came and and snuffed it out or if mm. uh if the guy himself is just like here i got a rooster they're not letting me have it if you could take care of it i still don't know what take care of it means it's like here mm. you have a rooster or here yeah. you have dinner 
I don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, we've got some emails to get into, which we'll get into in the outro portion of this podcast. But for now, let's get into talking about NXT, where the first thing we're going to be talking about is the main event of this week's show, where we saw an awesome street fight that uh, crowned some new women's tag team champions. Let's talk about it. This main event, which was uh, announced last week, which was a street fight between The Way, being Candice Ray and Indy Hartwell, versus women's tag team champions of Emma Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. We've had our gripes. Let's be real. We've we've had our gripes with this story based on the whole index thing that everyone nope. likes except us. Not one. Never complained. Basically. Not a day in my life. No, 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 no never about that. Um, however... First off, this match was awesome. It was a great main event. Really good street fight. Um, and also, I haven't run this by you, Tempest. Oh, Lord. What are you springing on me? I didn't mind the way segments through the show. I thought they were quite good. I, co- I quite liked them. Yeah, it's because there was about five seconds of Dexter Loomis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you might be right with that. You might be right. I love um, the way. The way is good. <laughs> uh, let, let's go through those those backstage segments that built up to the main event first. Then we'll talk about the match. Uh, it started off with uh, Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory backstage going to William Regal's office. Regal was just, I guess, having a chat with Scarlet, as you do. Um, mm. And uh, and Johnny's saying, "Why do you never have time to talk to me? I, I'm the number one champion in the company. You should make time to talk to me." Then Austin Theory made a joke about Scarlett's boobs, which yeah. was weird. Just saying that, you know, that they've got to be the biggest. They can't be real, can they? Those are the longest nails I've ever seen. And talks about her fingernails. It's like, ha, 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 boobs. Um, sure. You know what? <laughs> Austin like, Theory is he 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 has comedic timing. I will give him that. I didn't like the content of this joke, but he has good comedic timing. There you go. Yeah, That's what else? Like I I get it. He's supposed to be like the dumbass like teenage son and mm. being pulled away being like you can't say that to a woman. What's wrong with mm-hmm. you? You stupid stupid child. But yeah. like I I did feel like Vince McMahon wrote the the comedy segments on this show between this and like the, the dog taking a dump in, in Shotzi's tank later. I was like, did Vince McMahon write this? You know, we, I got a boobies joke and then a dog poop joke. About half an hour before the show went on air, Vince was just like, Oh yeah, I'm going to be watching this show. They went, Oh God, someone write in some (laughs) jokes for Vince. Um, yeah. Then there was another one later on. Um, Gargano going once again to uh, to Regal's office to try and get something out of him. And he says, I shouldn't be having a title match against Bronson Reed because it was Dexter Loomis's fault why he won and it's not fair. And Regal says, hmm, no. Uh, you're pretty much almost exactly like that. He just says, no, you're going to have the, the North American title match against Bronson Reed. And also for interrupting the meeting with Scarlett earlier, Karen Cross wants a match against Austin Theory next week. And Theory's like, oh, no, what have I done? Uh, which was I, right. I did like this because I thought they were just going to do the first segment just for mm-hmm. the sake of having a boobies joke. And mm-hmm. then like, that would be the point of the segment. 
and I was ready to just like tear into it either on the review or the written review or whatever, and just be like, you got to have a purpose for your segments. But then they did follow it up and did yeah. pay it off by setting up a match for next week. And I was like, okay, that's, that's totally fine. The joke yeah. may or may not have landed for me, but I appreciate the segment. And there was, there was some sort of comeuppance for the heel being a knob, which yeah. good. Um, then later on, we had another backstage segment with uh, Candice and Indy backstage just getting ready for the main event match. This was the bit that had Dexter in it um, where they were just chatting and saying how they want to take the titles and all that stuff. And then it, it, it flashes and you see Dexter Loomis outside the door holding flowers uh, and Candice spots him before Indy does and just kind of casually just starts talking to her and then just pull the blinds over over it so uh they can't see uh dexter can't see in and they get their gear ready and all that stuff and and off they go um it was all right yeah the, it yeah. was like it was fine like for the storyline that they're currently telling that dexter didn't send the flowers to ember and shotzi but indy's mad about it and candace and johnny are most likely wink wink behind it this this is fine you know like yeah you're like yeah this is a natural progression of that story so mm -hmm. yeah like if that if that's the story you're going to tell you did a good job this week yep uh and then it all led to the main event match which was the tag team street fight uh between them and the best part about this match not one distraction which is yeah. wild which is wild when you think the whole story surrounding these teams has been about Dexter Loomis and the fact that it's got the way in it. And jo Johnny and Austin Theory had a segment earlier in the night where they were like, okay, we're gone now. And they get in a car and drive off, which always leads to that person specifically. When someone says they've left the building, they mm -hmm. will show up later on. That's what they do. But they left the building and they genuinely didn't show up in the match. The two teams had a match and the way won wild it was great i loved it yeah i mean that's that's pretty simple in it like sometimes it? you yeah it's bad i've been hanging around you brits too much i've been saying in it like unironically <laughs> oh no it's it's, it's it's a thing it's happening but yeah like sometimes you don't need the smoke screen of a million people running in in the main event mm -hmm. and instead you can just have one team be the better team even if that's the heel team and yeah. that's kind of what we got here where you can have enough plunder involved that you give the baby faces protection and i think that's what the case was here like you're not going to say that all oh, the baby faces got buried because they lost i might say that their tag team title reign was a bit naff but that's another story as far as the match itself I think it accomplished all the goals that you would set out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And genuinely, some of the spots in this match were really, really good. Like you had a massive dive from Shotzi Blackheart off the big like scaffolding thing through the commentary table, which was awesome. You had Shotzi again diving off the turnbuckle onto Candice Array on a ladder, on like a, a ladder that was uh, across the apron and the barricade. Ooh, mm. Don't like that at all. There's a really cool springboard elbow from Indy Hartwell. The finishing spot I thought was really cool. Brass knuckles into the Wicked Stepsister on a chair. It's like, oh, these are this is brilliant. This is really good stuff. Um, yeah, it was it was just four 
very good wrestlers having a really fun uh, street fight. Yeah, it, it, it was great. It, it, it's it's what it needed to do. And as much as we've had our gripes about like the way shouldn't have had another tag title shot because they lost several times. This like they they didn't cheat to win. It wasn't like they had everything they did was within the rules. But it was still like it. There's still it felt like there was an asterisk over because it. It like all oh, brass knuckles. It's like oh, it's deceptive yeah. kind of thing. So it's like I I don't know if that's the way you want to build the way, but I still think it worked because they they have they have no you can't have a legitimate gripe against them winning because everything they did was within the rules. So it put like the way over, but it didn't hurt Shotzi and Ember. So I I I really like this finish. I thought it was great. Yeah, uh, for on the whole, for the match itself, I thought this was like, sometimes they do the match where it's a street fight and they just throw all the stuff in the ring at the start and they're mm. like, we're just going to do creative stuff for the whole match. I understand that not being everyone's cup of tea because like it does kind of feel like, okay, we got to use this and then we got to use this and then we got to use this. And like they'll set up the, the tower of chairs that they set up uh, Indy Hartwell in and just like, well, you wouldn't do that in a real fight. Like, that's a little <laughs> bit goofy. But, I mean, I'm more on the side of just like, eh, it's it's wrestling. Let's let's mm. just have some wacky fun in a match like this. It Absolutely. doesn't always need to be like a, just a fight, you know, mm. which is what this is supposed to be, but still. And I do like the, the idea, because I was going to say the exact same thing about the brass knuckles, that even though it's a street fight and it's no DQ and everything is legal, some things just feel a little bit more illegal than others, you know, mm -hmm. like you could hit someone with a chair in this match and be like, Oh, whatever. You hit it with a chair, but you hit the brass knuckles. And to me, it would be the same thing as like, if a guy hit a low blow leading mm -hmm. to the matches, like, well, that's still underhanded. That's mm -hmm. still a heel tactic as opposed to just having a fight with a bunch of weapons. And I think that's a good way to kind of like protect uh, Shotzi and Ember in the finish while also making you know the way look out to be these big top heels in this and this brand even though I said in the written review that I think they should have won a few matches before this almost certainly yes but you know the other problem coming out of this is uh, who they who they gonna face there's no tag teams in this brand Caden, Caden Casey and, and Casey Catanzaro uh, and and that's it. And Frankie Monet and her dog. Yeah. Those are the teams, I think. Yeah. I, that, I, I don't know. I, I really can't imagine. Like, the, they have no other tag teams. Is it going to literally be Zoe Stark and Zeta Ramir? Because I tell you what, I don't like that idea either. It's going to be Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez. I don't know. Again? I, do, I don't know. Yeah, like you can maybe do Dakota and uh, and Raquel again, but mm -hmm. I'm really tired of seeing like the singles women's champion being in a tag team because you don't have any other tag champions. Like, I don't like that idea. Yeah. There's really no other options too. Like, ugh. yeah, it's a shame. It's like I'm just hoping that they they kind of hold on to them for a bit because now it's a it's a better visual if you have Johnny and candace and indy all holding gold and that's that's nice even if they're not mm. you know defending them 24 7 or anything it's just like they, they have the visual of oh we're all champions and that's cool um and i will say as well for this match i thought that indy hartwell did so well this was probably her best nxt match i'd say oh, so far sure. she's sure. 
I, th- I think putting Austin Theory and Indy with Candice and Johnny has done them like the world of good of being like actual just improving in the ring and just getting all their characters over it and getting everything just improving as performers because i think both of them have a lot of potential for being like future big stars and i think this is a good way to kind of cultivate that and and uh just pair them with people that are going to help them along that journey so yeah exactly i mean this is still in theory this is a developmental show Mm. and this is a good example of you put Austin Theory with Johnny Gargano, you put Indy Hartwell with Candice LeRae, and you should be able to bring both of them up in something that also makes Johnny and Candice look good at the same time. And if this is going to be a developmental show, which it's kind of quasi been throughout its entire existence, I think this is a really good way of, of doing that properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I was I was um ambivalent on the way when they first started, but I'm really turning a corner on them lately, and I think they're they're doing some really good work, and I mm-hmm. I like them a lot now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Should we see what everyone else thought with their? ultra chats let's, let's do it um if you head on over to this link that's right on the stream right now wrestletalk.com forward slash support uh, you can get your ultra chats in and we'll make sure to read every single one of your messages before we get uh out of the uh, before we get off the show today um we've got one here from 
Karan Mirchandani, sorry if I butchered that name, and uh, it says, uh, my problem with the way is instead of giving Candice a chance to shine and Johnny to take a back seat since he's been in some sort of title picture for years, it's kind of been the opposite. I'm thrilled Candice finally won a thing, though. Well deserved. Absolutely. Can't believe this is the first time that Candice has won gold in NXT. Um, however, I, I agree with you, but that's why I really like this match, was that it didn't involve Johnny at all. Because I'm think I feel like in pretty much every single way match ever, it's always been like the other pair will come down and do a distraction, whoever's not in the match. Um, whereas this one, it was just like Candice and Indy just won. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, really yeah. like that. For me, it's like you can. Uh, I'm guessing this person is talking about Candice giving a chance to shine, as in like Candice winning and being like a champion and mm -hmm. having a spotlight put on her mm -hmm. because like she did the, the tables, ladders and scares match at Halloween havoc. And that was like really impressive. And she had the takeover match for the NXT women's title. So like she's had her moments in there. Who's got where they've gotten a chance to, to have a really good match, but yeah, it has kind of stuck out to me that I thought Candice was going to be the person to, to beat Shayna Baszler once, a mm -hmm. once upon a time, just cause she's so good you know, she's one of my favorite. She might be my favorite women's wrestler. She's just amazing. Mm -hmm. And it has been kind of wild that like that was almost two years ago when she was a baby face and could potentially face Shayna Baszler. And we're still just kind of like waiting around and only now has gotten a title win in NXT. It's a little bit odd, but I'm glad to see it as well. Yeah, I mean, if there's going to be a positive to NXT introducing women's tag team championships, I still don't think they should have done it. But if there's going to be a positive, it's that Candice has won gold in NXT. At least yeah. we have that now, so that's good. Uh, another ultra chat here from Adam Blomplate, who says, I did not like the main event. More than two minutes, no man involved. What is this madness? That's not how you book women's tag titles. I appreciate the sarcasm. Um, is that Vince? Did Vince yeah, just send in a chat? Be. I'm I'm pretty sure he did, yeah. Um, but yes, it was very good. And I've, I feel like this goes without saying at this point. NXT's women's division is so good that it doesn't feel like a big deal when women main event. Like, I, I genuinely didn't even think about it until after the show had finished. And I was like, oh, women main evented. Great. Awesome. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's not a big deal to them anymore. And I really like that. Yeah. I, I think even to an extent, like, WWE has kind of gotten to this point where... If it's in the main event of WrestleMania, sure, it'll be like heavily promoted and, and pushed as such. But you can now just have a women's match in the main event of a TV show or a pay-per-view. And it's not like, oh my God, Charlotte and Sasha Banks, they're creating history. Oh my mm -hmm. God, look at this match. Now it's just, it's what it should be that they do feel a lot more equal now that the best match or the most important match is the main event mm -hmm. and most and a lot of the time now it's a women's match 100 percent, like like as it should be next week's show i'm pretty sure it might be main evented by the women again because we're going to have raquel gonzalez versus mercedes martinez yeah that's almost certainly going to be the main event great we don't need to overhype and be like, ah, two weeks in a row. Women, look at our show. It's got women on it. Main event two weeks in a row. Because they're not, they don't need to do that anymore because it's normal. And that's yeah. great.
But for now, let's get into reviewing the rest of the show. Uh, we had a cool little opening video package, which kind of showed like the matches to come tonight, um, uh, which was the um, Leon Ruff versus Swerve Scott match and the Women's Tag Title Street Fight main event. Uh, and it was kind of like a, a joint video package for both matches, which was really cool. I like that. Just to be like, here's what you're going to watch tonight. And it started off straight on a match. You know how we like that Tempest of Leon Ruff versus Swerve Scott, which was a pre-announced match. And they just they just went straight into the match. Big fan. Um, this match was awesome. I really enjoyed this match. Like, it's pretty close between this and the main event as to what I enjoyed more, because this had so much character work in it from Swerve. I'm... I'm becoming a huge swerve mark now. Like genuinely, uh, like I've been really enjoying all his work with Leon Ruff through this whole feud and his whole heel turn and all that stuff. And it's been really great. This to me, I was like, man, swerve has got this heel character down now. Like this is, this is a really good version of swerve Scott. So into this, like, him absolutely milking his entrance and taking ages to get through the ropes and just like, no, 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 let me take my time. Let me take my jacket off. No problem. And Ruff's there like waiting to like attack him constantly. And as soon as like the bell rings, Ruff runs straight at him and Swerve just boots him straight in the face. Like instantly I'm like, man, he's so cool. And he doesn't even need to try. Like, mm, just so good. So many awesome spots in this match. It was a false count anywhere match. It's like the big culmination of their feud. Falls Count Anywhere match. He had this really brutal looking spot where uh, Ruff uh, dived through the ropes and a Swerve caught him in a fireman's carry and then just chucked him into oh the into onto the corner of the god. apron. I was like, ow. Oh god, <laughs> this was horrific. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was dead. Like, yeah. God, yeah. Jesus um, Christ. Like, that, like a couple times in the match, they did a superplex. Well, you know, when someone does a superplex, someone's basically sitting on the top rope. The other person's kind of standing and then they both just kind of like stand up. And as they're going, they're already falling back and they and they go over. No, Swerve picked Ruff up, stood up straight, got him directly up straight, like a proper vertical standing suplex. And then they fell. And I was like, God, just just that little bit extra was like just made it the spot even cooler for me. It was really, really good. And there was another one later on where they did basically the same thing, where he was holding him up straight. He was standing on the middle rope, admittedly, but had him up straight. And Ruff was like punching and kneeing him in the head and then counted it into a crucifix bomb off the middle rope. I was like, this is this is wild. This is great. Um, and uh, any time Ruff started to get a comeback in this match, every single time he started to come back, Swerve just cuts him off immediately. Like he'll get in one move and he'll do like, you know, an arm drag out the ring and Swerve would just be like, okay, sure. Done. I'm back in control again. Through like the the picture and picture ad break, they took him all backstage, and he just beat him up loads backstage, like chucking uh, like things into him and shoving him into lockers and all sorts of stuff. It was awesome. I didn't see it. They didn't show me picture and picture in Canada. They just came back and was like, "Yeah, they went a bunch of places." Yeah, they they sure did. I was not shown where. To this well, day, I don't know exactly where they went. I was told the gym <laughs> and the backstage yeah. area, but it would have been nice to see that. Yeah, Thank you, Canada Sportsnet. Uh, it's okay, though. Um, and then, yeah, so then it came to the very end of the match, which I'll very quickly talk about because I know that I've dominated the entire conversation about this match. I just wanted to talk about it because I really liked it. Um, it came to the final spot where um, Ruff and... Uh, 
Ruff and Swerve were fighting on the outside. Uh, Ruff starts to get a little bit more of a comeback, and you go, okay, this might be like his, his big comeback for the end of the match. He starts getting the comeback. He brawls to the outside. Um, really cool, like, back and forth. He hits loads of, like, uh, cutters, like his spinning cutter that he does. Hits one on the outside, takes him over the barricade, climbs up the ladder to, like, a production area for, the, for where, like, the hard cam is, and goes to dive off it. Did look a bit weird because he wasn't diving anywhere near Swerve, but that's okay. Um, dives off it, and AJ Francis, who's part of like Swerve's like entourage, essentially catches him, uh, fireman's carry style, and then like AAs him onto his neck on the barricade. I was like, "Ow!" Again, that would probably hurt. And then Swerve gets him in, hits his his finisher, which I still can't remember the name of. Whatever the the twisty pile drivery thing is. It looks very cool, but I can't remember the name of it. Um, and uh, Swerve picks up the win. And later on, there was a backstage promo where, like, the the four of them is like his his new like entourage, who were like going to probably be his new like little faction, um, helping him out. Now we're all backstage, and they looked pretty cool. I love this. I, I I'm I'm I like Swerve. I'll let you talk now. Well, I was going to say in this uh, segment here that I. Th- think Isaiah Swerve Scott is one of my favorite guys in NXT at this point. I've been a big fan of his since I saw him on the Indies as Shane Strickland. Like mm-hmm. he's just he's got a lot of potential right here and not in a way where it's like, "Oh, you can see that he could be a big star in a few years." Like, no, if they decided to put the NXT title on him right now, he would do very well. He's got that kind of potential. He to me a lot of people don't have that actual cool factor when they're pushed as being cool quote unquote like you kind can kind of right. tell when yeah you can That's tell when there's like there's manufactured cool and then there's and then there's swerve like mm-hmm. swerve has the sauce when you watch him make his entrance and he's just kind of like looking around you can tell that there's a swagger there and he just He's such a good heel. All the things that you talked about with the entrance and waiting for Leon Ruff and being like, no, 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 I'm going to take my time. That was all excellent. And then the match itself was fantastic. I thought Leon Ruff really executed what uh, a lot of people call like the Ricky Steamboat philosophy, Mm. where you don't allow yourself to take too many moves in a row without doing at least something to let people know that you're still in it. He wasn't mounting a comeback per se, but you could hit a drop kick or an arm drag or something like that. Just to just to make sure that people know that you're not completely out of it. I did for a moment think that Isaiah Swerve Scott needing help to beat Leon Ruff was a little bit odd, but I guess they're still pushing Leon Ruff as like he's not just this tiny wrestler. He is a superstar and in that context, yes. For a blow-off match, that's fine. I really don't want this to spin off into... Un- oh, God. It's choking me up. Another match. <laughs> oh, God. I don't want this to turn into another match that Leon Ruff needs to then go and get revenge because, oh, this big man, he screwed him over and blah, blah, blah. Because we've talked in the past how this match didn't really need to happen. It was just like, let's have another match. I really don't want to see another match after this. Like this mm-hmm. to me was a perfect way to end things. 100%. And the match was really good. The promos were really good leading up to it with the stuff backstage. Really enjoyed that. The character work with Isaiah Swerve Scott has been great. Let's move him in another direction. Let's move him up the card. Mm-hmm. This was home run segment to me. 
Yep, absolutely spot on. And we've been talking about how great Swerve's promos have been have been lately. Just like the style of them and having like his entourage in the background and all that stuff the whole time. Like this was this was great as a little like payoff for it. Um, I will say just very quickly because we spent a lot of time on this match and we should probably speed through the rest of the show. But um, him needing help to win. I didn't see it as him like needing help to win. It was just that he got help. He didn't need it because like to me, like because he was so in control for a lot of the match and like anytime Ruff made a comeback, it was like, okay, I'm just going to stop you now because I can. Um, It felt like to me, he was always like one move away from winning. And that's the way I read it anyway, of him just being like, he's always there. He just needed like that one move to win and he would have got it. It was just a way for him to get there rather than him. Like he could only win with the help of these guys, if that makes sense interesting i mean i didn't see it that way because i thought if uh if rough hit one more twisting cutter off of that big you know production area Mm -hmm. i thought that was just going to be the finish like i thought Mm. swerve was just on the ropes so to speak so it it, to me it did kind of seem like i gotta save my guy here otherwise he's gonna lose but Mm. i guess we don't really know We'll find out. Um, we then had a very quick match of Cameron Grimes versus Asher Hale. Um, Asher Hale got in a lot of a lot of offense here, uh, but Cameron Grimes offense. won with a big kind of black hole slam kind of thing and the cave-in for a win. Cool. Yeah, wasn't much to it. I thought this was going to be more of a squash, but there was mm. a lot of back and forth here. Yeah, but it was still cool, and Grimes yeah. won in a few minutes. Cool. I like Cameron Grimes. I didn't He's like Cameron great. Grimes when he showed up, because I was like, oh, look mm. at this goofy, goofy he's character, got, whatever. He's got a stupid hat. Yeah. Yeah. But, man, over the last, like, year, I've become a really big fan of Cameron Grimes, especially Same. with these Ted DiBiase segments. Mm-hmm. Really yeah. good. We, should we talk about that now, or should we save that for later? I mean, we, we got, like, three Cameron Grimes segments, so it's probably better That's to true. just get them out of the way. All right, yeah. So there was uh, there was Grimes backstage later on, uh, where Ever Rise tried to come in and, and chat to him, and he's like, "No, I'm gonna go to the VIP room, and he's gonna go celebrate by himself. He doesn't want Ever Rise with him because he's Cameron Grimes and he's great." Um, and then we got that later on with him going to the club trying to celebrate with with by his lonesome and uh, the the bouncer there won't let him in. He's like, "I don't think you understand. I'm Cameron Grimes." And he just starts like shouting at him. Don't do it, Tempest. Um, he's missing yeah, something. He's they missing, were all missing something. Yeah, it's fine. Stop going yeah. to clubs. Yeah, don't do that. Ge- yeah, genuinely don't go to clubs. Um, uh, but also, yeah, he he was just about to, wasn't letting him in. And he's just saying, uh, I'm Cameron Grimes. You should let me in. I don't know if you heard me. And he was like jumping because the bounce was obviously very tall. So he was like jumping and shouting his name in his ear, which was very funny. Um and then he said, no, uh, sorry, the, the venue's been completely rented out. Sorry, hold on, his limo's appearing now. It's Ted DiBiase again. He comes in, he's like, why would you buy a booth when you can buy the whole place? Ha 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 ha. And goes in. And him and <laughs> left Cameron Grimes on the street just going, DiBiase, like flailing his arms around. It was, it was I, I love this. Outside. Yeah, it was great. Oh. I love this. It's so stupid. I love it. You know, I was thinking after the, the review that I recorded, Ted DiBiase's laugh Mm -hmm. is the complete opposite end of the spectrum as Sasha Banks and and Seth Rollins laughs. laughs. Like that is the comically horrible laugh. Ted DiBiase's laugh is like one of the best laughs in the history of the planet. It's so good, isn't it? Like who has a better laugh than Ted DiBiase? 
the Joker. Um, yeah, no. In in wrestling, I don't know. Um, yeah. Seth Rollins. Uh, <laughs> yeah, love Joker. Um, yeah, no one really. That's kind of his thing, isn't it? It's the laugh. Um, but yes, love Grimes. It's all very stupid. I love it. Uh, we then got uh, uh, Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro were backstage saying, like, we're going to be watching this street fight later very closely because we want uh, uh, tag team titles or something. Then Frankie Monet came in and said, hello, bye, was pretty much yeah. the sum total of the promo. She didn't really say anything. She's like, I'll be watching or something along those lines. Can she just have a match already? Is she, like... do- is she doing anything? Because she's kind of just there. It feels like they're putting this off until Io Shirai is back. Mm. And that will be her yeah. first match. Because they did the thing with Io's interview. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, it looks like they're going to have a match. But Io's also taking time off. Mm-hmm. And instead, we've just got like, this is the random Frankie Monet segment this week. Where she goes backstage and laughs at a low baby face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and right. that's pretty much some total. Um, we had some more Frankie Monet stuff later on. Don't you worry. Uh, but first, we had Grizzled Young Vets versus Th- Thatcher and Champa. I was really looking forward to this match. Um, Me as well. And I don't think it was quite what I wanted out of it. It was very good up to a point. Um, the Grizzled Young Vets promo got interrupted again, which I'm mad about. Let them finish their promo. They're really good at it. I just want to hear it. Um, but then... The entire feud between these two teams appears to be built around shoes. And I'm not all in on that currently. Yeah. Because it was all about the shoes off if you hate Gibson chant, which the UK crowd do for Gibson. That's ju- It's just, don't question it. That's just what we do, okay? Um, and then they referenced it last week. Champa hit him with his shoe because funny. And I was like, okay, it's a way to set up the feud. Sure. Makes sense. They're, they're referencing something that did actually happen, which was cool. But then in this one, the match was very good. I really enjoyed it, going back and forth and stuff. There was a, a, a cool heel spot. It wasn't quite as good as James Drake's feigned knee injury as, as before, but uh-huh. this one was good where they did a tag where Drake was on the outside of the ring and ref was like, well, that's not a tag, you idiot. Of course it's not a tag. And then they argue with the ref for a little bit. James Drake gets in, grabs like Thatcher's ear and slings him into the ropes, which was cool but it didn't quite work as well for me because it was just James Drake on the outside and then he got in and then just got Thatcher. was like, well, Thatcher, what were you doing? Why didn't you just uh-huh. get him when he got in? Sure. Um, but it was still cool. It, it was nice to see the the, the classic heel shenanigans still from, from Grizzly John Betts. Uh, but then it got towards the finish where Champa was on the outside. Drake dived through the ropes, hit Champa into the commentary team, and as part of the ruckus, Wade Barrett's shoe came off on commentary. Wade Barrett's shoe came off. It was like, sure. uh, uh, okay. And like, as part of that, you hear Wade going, oh, my shoe's come off as part of the thing. It's like, okay, sh- sure. Champa then gets Barrett's shoe, slides it into the ring, and then kind of distracts the ref while Thatcher nails Gibson with Wade Barrett's shoe. And then he gets the, the armbar in on Gibson and Gibson taps. So, <sighs> did they just do this with Barrett's shoe because a boot isn't enough of a shoe? Like, could they not just take their own boot off and do it? Did it have to did be it... a shoe? That's what I thought had happened originally. When when Barrett first said, I've, I've lost, my shoes come off in all this chaos, I thought he was talking about Champa's 
boot. And that would have made way more sense if Champa's boot had come off as part of it and then they used it. It would have been like, oh, they were just being resourceful out of the situation. But this one specifically for Wade Barrett's shoe, it just it just strikes a weird chord with me. I'm just like, but what? Mm. This feels like way more of a heel move now for them going like, we're going to grab someone else's shoe and use it in a match rather than my boot came off because of your attack on me and I'm going to use it against you. You know, like the, the classic, you know, Eddie undoing his boot for the He's ankle lock kind of just thing. Just going to bring that right? up. Right? That is resourceful. If your shoe comes off as part of an attack and you use it against him, it's like, oh, that's resourceful. That's clever. You outsmarted the heel. Exactly. You outsmarted them. But this is just like, I'm going to grab someone else's shoe and just use it as a weapon because I can. I'm like, well, but why? Yeah. This, this was really kind of odd to me. Like, I thought uh thatcher and champa had the momentum in this match for like a really good portion of it like Mm. they were on offense a lot and usually it's the other way around and this whole like shoes off thing is a lot more comedy than i would want from this feud like Mm. when you see this feud like these four guys look like the four like toughest guys in nxt prime right now unless you add walter into the mix but He's not here right now, as we'll get to later. But I don't know. This isn't the program that needs comedy. There's Mm. enough comedy in the Cameron Grimes stuff. There's enough comedy in the Way stuff. This was a match that just needed to be like a really tough, like just old school tag match. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like we really got that. I agree. Also, hold on. Who throws a shoe? Honestly, who throws a shoe? Honestly, um, but yeah, I'm I'm am just a bit annoyed that Grizzly and Vets are losing because I really like yeah, it. Yeah, we didn't and even get to that. Lose. They, I There's didn't no like losing here. Lost. Yeah, I, it's fine. I'm sure they'll they'll bounce back from momentum. I'm sure they can pick up some wins and it will be oh, they're Grizzly and Vets. They're great, but it's just no! it's just the principle. No, I shouldn't be losing. Wins and losses matter. We I win know. into. A- and we had a whole bit on the SmackDown podcast about how Roman Reigns doesn't lose, and therefore yeah. he's important. I know. I know. Stop making the good people lose. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm just glad that they had a winner. Because imagine if it was some kind of double DQ nothing finish. That probably would have been a lot worse. So at least they had a winner. Sure. That's something. Um, we then had uh, Karrion Cross cut a promo, uh, which was decent of him saying, hey, a couple of weeks ago, I said I wanted people to stand up. And so far, a lot of people have just said that they're not scared of me. What are you waiting for? I would like to fight, please. Someone fight me, please. Um, Kyle O'Reilly comes out. Cool Kyle. Hate it when commentary says that because now I instantly think that Kyle isn't cool because you told me that he's cool. But that's okay. Um, Kyle comes out and does a, 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 a cool, in quotation marks, thing. Uh, and says that he wants to fight Karrion Cross, And it's the fight that you want as well. And all that stuff. Pete Dunne then comes out and interrupts. And says, uh, I'm the baddest man in NXT. Basically the same promo he cut last week. Says, I'm the baddest man in NXT. I, I dare you to prove me wrong. Finn Balor then comes out. And just says, I've beaten you, Pete Dunne. I've beaten Kyle Riley twice. And Cross. Uh, after after summon or other, and then smacks him with the mic, and then Karen Cross just decks Finn Balor and just drops him immediately. And I was like, "Wow, oh. Finn, you just you look like an idiot, didn't you, mate?" Yeah, Oof. 
I I'll be honest, I didn't really like this segment much. Mm. Like there were good parts of it. Like I thought certain people played their role very well. I still don't really want uh Karen Cross to be this monster who talks. Like to me, he should be the silent but deadly mm. character, you know? Like yeah. his look and his drive and everything. Because all he says is like, I'm the best and you have to step up to me. Like, I'm. there's no reason that he needs to be cutting that promo. Like, Scarlet can say those words for him and have him be big and scary. That was one part. I still don't think Kyle looks very cool. That is disappointing. Because to me, when he was in Undisputed Era, he was cool in like a, in a weird, cocky, you know, jock kind of way. Mm-hmm. Like, when he goes and does the, the air guitar with his title belt, like, that's cool, you know? Mm-hmm. It felt, this feels like manufactured cool, whereas that felt more like authentic cool. So that's, that's another thing. Didn't, didn't really like that. He needs to take off the goddamn hat. Thought Pete Dunn was fine. And then I thought Finn Balor looked like a total punk in this segment. Like to throw one punch and just get dropped with, Mm -hmm. with one punch. Like, and it wasn't like, throw a punch, caught him off guard, throw another punch. You like drop to a knee, pop back up. He was done after yep. one punch. Yep. This. Ugh. Well, as we <laughs> know, carrying cross is a dominant striker. So that's you know, true. <laughs> that's true. His intangible is that he's a dominant striker. So maybe it was more accurate sense. than, than we, we had thought at the time. Exactly. Yeah. Um, But then, yes, they, they all get into a, big brawl um and it ended with kind of the big stare down between cross and balas balas was on the stage then i quite like this next bit where gargano yeah. and theory came out and uh, started attacking cross cross started to fight him back off but they managed to get the upper hand with a couple super kicks and then johnny laid out um cross with the north american title which i thought was quite interesting I don't know whether this is going to lead to Bronson Reed beating Gargano for the North American title and Gargano being immediately inserted into the NXT championship picture. Cause I think that's a really smart way to do it. That was what I took away from this because we'd been talking for the last little while about how it looks like they could just do like a six pack challenge of some sort for the mm-hmm. NXT title. Like they haven't done that before. And there's a lot of top challengers for this title And we were kind of like, well, who could fit into that last spot? And if Johnny Gargano just loses the title to Bronson Reed, which I think he probably should, it's about time, he would be a perfect last person. And I do Mm -hmm. want to point out, because I just saw in the chat, uh, ZJ16 here uh, said, give me an elimination chamber or an Armageddon Hell in a Cell match. I don't think they're going to do that, but I think this would be a perfect example of situational stipulations actually Mm -hmm. being used well, where... How, how often these days do we get an elimination chamber match where it's like everyone in it is a big star and has a chance of winning and everything. This feels like a perfect time where like all the six guys have come together mm-hmm. and now you can put them in a big match like that. They don't Absolutely. do that because it's NXT and they don't use like main roster stipulations, but the, the principle is there. And I just wanted mm-hmm. to point that out. Yeah, man. Having, yeah. Bala, O'Reilly, Gargano, Cross, Dunn and Cole. Cool. That's a Ooh. big match. That's a that's a spicy match right there. Yeah. I'd love that if they did it. Yeah, like you said, I don't I don't think they're gonna do a big kind of six man big elimination chamber, hell in a cell type thing. 
but it would work so well. Even if they did just like a six-man ladder match would be all right. Because then you could play off like the history of that, like Adam Cole being like, I won the North American title in a ladder match. Like I've got the history with that. You can talk about Balor being uh, winning the NXT title in a ladder match against or retaining, retaining retaining against Kevin Owens in a ladder match. So he's had the history with that. Um, Yeah, like you've got enough story there for for people to do stuff. You know, you can have uh, Gargano being like, uh, we lost (laughs) (laughs) championships in a a ladder match. uh, What was it? Authors of Pain or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, uh, there's there's enough history, I think, for them to do something with it. I hope they do. I hope that's where this is going. Um, after that, we got uh, Zayda Ramir versus Saray uh, after Ramir beat Tony Storm last week. Uh, my first note of this match is Saray wins. It yeah. was it was it was a match. It was uh, it, a match. it wasn't great. It wasn't great. No, I thought this match was really sloppy and mm. just. Uh, like we know that this is developmental. We talked about it earlier in the show. This to me, it felt like a developmental match. Like Zayda Ramir doesn't really seem all the way there yet, you know? And we saw that in the Tony storm match where like her, her shooting star press, like it was that like ugly kind of cool, like the Billy Kidman kind of shooting star press that we talked mm-hmm. about. That's fine. But a lot of her moves here like didn't really land and they landed awkwardly. And when she had the STF, this is a big pet peeve of mine in wrestling. You could see the space between her arm and Saray's chin. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh man, just took me out of the match personally. Yeah. And it's fine. Like it wasn't that long and it is like a learning experience for her. So I'm not too bent out of shape about it. Like it was like a three or four minute TV match. Like it's not yeah. a big deal, you know, but at the same time, like if, if you're trying to score these, these matches, this one probably gets a thumbs in the middle to thumbs down for me. Yeah. Like it was all right. Zayda Ramir got in quite a lot of offense though, which I was surprised at considering that the match against Tony Storm was basically a squash until Stark got yeah. involved and she hit the shooting star. So she got in a lot of offense against Serene. You could be like, oh, it's just confidence building or whatever after a big win against Storm. But yeah, Saray won with another of the, the suplexes that she hit before. Um, after that, do you want to talk about this next bit? Because I think you got very excited about it because it's Imperium are backstage yeah who's there guess who's there tempest guess who's there pete it's walter talking to the rest of imperium on facetime and do you guys know what that means because i think i know what it means it means that walter watches this show because that was our suggestion last (laughs) week when we said you know what where is walter in all this walter needs to come in and figure all of this out with imperium why hasn't he done that? He doesn't seem like someone who would use FaceTime. He looks like he uses like cave drawings to communicate or something like that. Nope, he did it. So he watches the NXT Review podcast, which means all of you need to keep watching the NXT Review podcast. <laughs> exactly. So Tempest, talk us through it. What did Walter say? What did he have to say to the rest of Imperium? Well, to be perfectly honest, the only word that I got out of his promo was incompetence. Yes. <laughs> Same. That, that was the only one I got. But I don't know if we want to go into it right here. Because uh, the Zornese has submitted a, an ultra chat with uh-huh. with the full promo from Walter. And it's oh, all in, in, a, in a bunch of words that I don't understand. Oh, it's There's German. A, yeah, it's uh... a lot of it. There's okay. a lot of it. 
<laughs> good that's something that you should read later then tempest cool um yeah. so uh yeah so it was just him saying some stuff and then there was a little bit of dissension and, and wolf walked off and eichner and bartel were still just like uh, okay and yeah. that was it but you know what it doesn't matter you don't need to you don't need to over complicate it it's exactly what the promo should be in it you get the gist it was it was essentially non-verbal storytelling but with words you just didn't need to understand the words it was yeah. what we're telling them to get their act together and get on the same page. Gosh darn it! And then Wolf walked off. That's that's all you need. It's not it's not overcomplicating it. It's yeah, great, perfect. Yeah, it just it just it. makes sense. It just makes yeah. sense. Um, we then got a quick match between L.A. Knight and Jake Atlas. It was a match. It was another match. There were a LA few just was a match on mm-hmm. this show. Like the yep. Cameron Grimes thing, this, the Zeta Ramir match, they were all just kind of there. Yeah. It, it, it fine. LA Night won. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then we had, uh, oh, we didn't mention earlier, by the way, after the Ramir Saray match, um, Tony Storm went backstage because it looked like she wanted to beat up uh, Zeta Ramir. But Zoe Stark came in and stopped her and kind of pushed her and gave her a stare down. And then later on, Tony Storm cut a promo, which I thought was much better than her promo from last week before Zeta Ramir, um, where she said that Zoe sucks a flavor of the month and she's going to be looking forward to, to being her, basically. Was the, was the subtitle, but yeah, it was good. I Yeah, the, the promo was fine. I am really over this whole thing of mm. just Tony Storm, Zeta Ramir, Zoe Stark, just a bunch of losers fighting over who's going to lose the most basically mm-hmm. like i all of them have lost since this started like zoe stark beat tony storm and then zeta ramir beat tony storm so tony storm has lost twice and then zoe stark lost to saray and then zeta ramir lost to saray find someone else to lose mm. Like, you don't need to beat the people that just got the upset win let them build something out of it i don't know I don't know. Uh, yeah, me neither. Uh, also, Luke, you're in the chat. You're trying to distract me. I'm not going to be distracted. <laughs> Suck it. Um, <laughs> we then got an in-ring promo from uh, Legado del Fantasma, um, which I thought was really cool. Um, I, yeah. I, ju- I just love LDF's uh, like presentation. I, I know it's been done in wrestling for countless times, but just seeing them in suits is cool. I know that yeah. like every heel faction ever wears suits, but they just look good in them. Um, and Santos Escobar saying he's going to become the cruiserweight champion again. I love that they flip flop between Spanish and English. I, it just adds to their kind of unique flavor of their promos. It's really cool. Um, and he, he kind of yields the floor as well to let um, Joaquin Wilde and uh, Raul Mendoza talk as well. Them saying they want to fight MSK for the tag team championships because Hey, at um at Takeover, they want they want the ones that got pinned, and also they beat them last week, so they should have a shot. And I'm like, damn, they actually have a good point. They really should mm-hmm. have a shot. Huh? Um, and then uh, Kashida interrupts on the Titan trying to say that next week it's going to be a cruiserweight championship between Kashida and um and Santos Escobar. All good stuff. Liked all this. We, we later found out that this will be a two out of three falls match. Mm, spicy. Very excited. Yeah, yeah. I, I reckon this will open the show next week. That's a good shout. Yeah, great shout. I, I hope so, because normally mm-hmm. the openers have been very good at NXT as of late, so yes, I hope so. Um, We then got a Raquel Gonzalez and Mercedes Martinez like split screen 
promo. It was all right. You know, mm. I, I, I thought it felt very scripted. I'll say that it, it felt very, very yeah. scripted. I will say that they had good, they, they delivered the content well. And I thought they like responded to each other quite well about what the other one was saying, rather than like, I'm going to cut a promo. I'm going to cut a promo, but they're not really linked to that. It did feel like they were talking to each other at the very least, but it did feel very scripted. There was one good line in it that I really liked which was um, Mercedes Martinez saying that she set the bar. And Raquel Gonzalez was like, you did set the bar. You set it way down here. And I picked it mm-hmm. up with one hand and put it where no one can reach it. And I was like, that's a cool line. Um, yeah, the other stuff was all right. They, they, I think the, the, they delivered it well. They, they can cut a promo, I thought. But just the content felt very, very scripted. So. Yeah, this, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm trying not to be too negative because there were a few there in like a row where I was like, well, I didn't like that and I didn't like that. I I didn't like this promo segment very much, to be honest. Like I thought I thought Raquel was like really wooden, especially at the start. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it felt like this is me reading a script. She could have been reading off a teleprompter for for all I know, you know, but uh, it just felt like a bad WWE script. Like there were a good, there was good lines like here and there, but especially right there at the end, uh, she like Raquel said something along the lines of like, uh, I, I accomplished more in a year than you did in your entire career. And Mercedes said, well, well, next week I will take your title. And that was it. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, what, what, what? All right. I don't know. I has this was WWE promo class, and I don't think I would have given Raquel a passing mark. Oof, rough, rough. That's maybe a little too harsh. Yeah, that was. Now that I think about it, when you think about how low a passing mark is, she'd probably get like a six out of ten, maybe, <laughs> maybe a five out of ten. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't like Still this. Harsh. this. Yeah, yeah. That's just I'd me, like, though. I'd like to see what you could do, Tempest. Let, let's let's be a commenter for a second. I'd like to see what you could do in that situation, Tempest. Why don't, why don't you go out and show him how to do, how to do a, a promo with WWE script, scripting? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, Tempest. Well, Idiot. Can't unfortunately, unfortunately, I don't have this, this footage. But I have cut a promo <gasps> using a, a script. One? Yeah, I know, right? Given... <laughs> Using a script given to me by a WWE star, mm-hmm. and I think I did all right. Yeah. Well. That's just me. I can't prove that because yeah. I don't have anything to use as evidence, <laughs> but I think I did all right. We'll just take your word for it. Yeah, uh, thanks, pal. We then got a little uh, backstage bit where Ember and Shotzi were getting ready for their... Um, for the main event segment, they went to go to their tank to make their entrance, and Frankie Monet's dog was there. And Shotzi's like, "Oh, what a cute dog! You're the best." And then sent him on his way. And then it turns out the dog had pooped in the tank, so then they couldn't use a tank for their entrance. Was there like, why <laughs> did they need to? What, did the tank have a flat tire, and they needed to write the tank out of I, the segment? genuinely i wouldn't be surprised if the tank had some sort of malfunction they were like uh we need a reason to not use the tank yeah yeah they they maybe they did you know and you know what that's a half decent reason if if they were on a time crunch and were like we've got like an hour to figure out how to not use this (laughs) tank you know what that's an okay reason 
I'll give them I, that. If it wasn't a time crunch and they just did it just for the lulls, why? I, I want Sean Rossap to get to the bottom of this. I need a Fightful <laughs> Select report about why the dog took a dump in the tank. Yeah. Uh, mm. What's Frankie Monet doing? What's the dog doing? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Wait, waiting for EO is the best explanation I can come up with. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, we then got the Ted DiBiase Cameron Grimes stuff. And then we got the main event match that we've already spoken about. Uh, so overall, I thought this was a pretty decent show in the, you know, the, there were the, the odd parts of segments that had their negatives. But overall, I thought most of the segment, uh, most of the segments were very positive, logical story progression. I, I love the opener and the main event. And really, those are the two most like key parts of the show to me. How you start and how you end are like really, really important. And I thought they did a really great job with the opener and the main event. I would give the show a four out of five. Yeah, see, like, I, I gave it a four out of five in the written review. Going back over the show, I was like, God, there were a lot of things I didn't like on the show. But I really did like the opener, and I really did like the main event. So I'm going to hedge my bets. I'm going to leave it a four out of five. I need more good wrestling out of my wrestling mm. shows, and this gave me two really good matches. So I'm not going to bump it down or anything like that. Let's get into seeing what you guys thought. We're getting to the rest of your Ultra Chats. Last call for your Ultra Chats if you want to get those in. If you want to get any of your messages in at all, and we will read them all out before the end of the show. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Link is on the screen right now uh, is the place to do it. Uh, Nelson Rodimus Wayne comes in to say, were the brass knucks uh, used taken from Regal's office? They were very noticeable in the Scarlet skit. I'm a big fan of theory at the moment. Loved when he removed the screen mask to reveal he was helping Johnny and said it's me austin it was me all along i didn't even think about the nux being so visible in the regal office segment because they totally were that is really cool that they stole the brass nux from regal's office and used them didn't yeah, even put I, two and two together i'm just dumb i i will go back and, and re-watch that because if mm -hmm. that is the case god it's like just totally slipped under my radar like yeah yeah yeah. I, yeah that would give a lot more uh purpose to the stupid boobies segment than mm. than just making a dumb joke so exactly yeah i hope that is the um, case yeah I, I yeah thought it was really really good if that's the case uh we've got <laughs> a, lot, a lot of german a lot of are german we, we and try? more importantly a translation of said german <clears throat> go ahead tempest <laughs> okay i I do not speak German. I don't know how to say nope. any of this. Um, all right. So the Zornese comes in and says, what Walter said, Nach der Listung, den Sieg kann man nicht fi Is that an R and an N? Fiern, ich muss ich ja A lot of these words kind of blend together. Irinern. <laughs> I'm, I'm struggling here, Pete. Oh God! How do people? Oh God! Languages are hard. <laughs> Unserer mission gibt es keinen Raum für. I know how to say that one. Für Solk Feller die da 
Basir Sind. Es gibt uh, keinen Ra für Incompetence. Got that one. <laughs> Absolut. Erwart Eck von Eich. Das Al Fettler Sofort as. Cool. I just had a conversation about how German is just such a weird language. Os <laughs> how do you say this one? Osgemert Worden Habd Ir Das Verstanden. Which, which ah. translates to um, after this performance, you cannot celebrate the victory. I don't have to tell you, uh, I don't have to tell you that uh, on our mission is no margin for failure. There is no margin for incompetence. From now on, I expect that you obliterate every mistake at once. Do you get all that? That's what was said. Thanks, Tempest, for the flawless German. And I, thank you, thank you, Zornis, for sending that in. Uh, I appreciate can't it. wait to hear from all of the German fans that I've greatly offended. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love you read that in like the most English way of just being yeah. like knack dirt Lee stung, <laughs> like not even yeah. like attempting a German accent through it. I don't know how to do a German accent. <laughs> <laughs> But the Zornies also says, hello, guys, I read Tempest NXT live results. And even even if I think that's not important, I just wanted to donate. So, dear Tempest, the language is German. And that's what he said. Thank you, the Zornies, for, for getting me to read all of that. That was amazing. Uh, I hope that makes it into the uh, best of uh, monthly highlights on the WrestleTalk podcast channel. Please um, don't send me more languages for me to read. Please send us more languages to read. <laughs> Uh, Connor Shaw says uh, they should do a ladder match for the NXT Championship at Money in the Bank weekend or on the same night. Great NXT stream, guys. Keep up the great work. Thank you very much, Connor. Um, I don't know how I feel about that, about doing an NXT Championship match at Money in the Bank in like a yeah. ladder match. Um, I don't know. I mean, if they do a takeover, yeah, if they have a takeover the same like weekend <laughs> or week as uh, as Money in the Bank, I think that's fine. I think that's just like mm -hmm. a good way to do that. Although they don't really like doing that very often, do they? You know, no, they, they changed they changed the plans of the the Gargano uh, Champa match from a false count anywhere match to a street fight because they were doing the Styles Nakamura false count anywhere match or mm -hmm. last man standing match rather. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. Yeah, uh, Blind Raw says uh, I was a little apprehensive. Excuse me. I was a little apprehensive about having the Force Count Anywhere match and Street Fight on the same show, but both were so good and different enough that I enjoyed them a lot. Tempest Buddy, have you seen Shingo versus Osprey yet? Match of the Year contender. I have not. I have not had enough time to get through Wrestling Dontaku yet. I'm about halfway through night one. I mean, I know everything that's happened, uh, but I will get to it probably today. We will see. I've heard good things. I mean, it's it's Shingo Takagi and Will Ospreay. How could it not be great? Yeah, agreed. Um, and we've got one final one here from Jorge Martinez that says, just landed in North Carolina en route to Jacksonville for blood and guts tonight. That was, that was pathetic, awesome. Pete. It's North Carolina. Yeah, I know. I know but hey, man, I'm going to put as much effort as you put into your German. Uh, I tried very hard did you 
Um, <laughs> well, um, do you want me to talk like this instead? Oh my god! No, that would be worse. I take it back! I take it back! Don't do it! That would be worse, Pete. So come <laughs> off it, mate. Let me do my bad English accent of of German speak. In it. End the show, please. Please send us more German. Goodness me, I need more of it. Um, <laughs> oh god. All right, I have an email here, Tempest, from Jack the Moist Sensation. Emails in fairly regularly. Says, hey, hey, intangibles, it's Jack here. If I had to give you guys an intangible, it would simply be the best. I love how you two bring out the best in each other. You're the coolest. My question is simple. When's the merch coming out? I want to rep a Lost Intangibles to Wrestle Talk t-shirt. Take care, lads. Stay choppy. P.S. Thank you for your kind words a couple weeks ago. You're good people. I hope you're doing okay, Jack. Uh, and everything's going okay. Um, no comment on the merch. No comment. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thanks for the email. Uh, and thanks for the kind words. You're great. Thank you very much. Yes, uh, thank you, Jack. Yeah, we appreciate you. Uh, we've got another email here from Juan. It says, hey, L-I-W, Assman the Q-Tip, and my favorite Tempest. Um, hey, gentlemen, I hope you chaps are having a good old time today. When I get the chance to go to the UK, I'm buying the boys at WrestleTalk a few rounds of beers at the pub. Ollie only gets four drinks since he can't do five anymore. Is that a reference to something that I don't I know? I don't know. I don't know. I'll be perfectly honest. There's a lot of WrestleTalk references that are before my time. Mm, <laughs> I don't yeah. like to be the guy who's like, well, I actually didn't watch the show before I worked here. But <laughs> yeah. there's a few things where it's just like, I don't know. You mean you don't know the saga of the great wizard Nash? I, I, I don't. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't. <laughs> Amazing. Um. Anyway, Juan carries on. Uh. So last night, well, this was sent last week. Um. But he says, last night was the first time since Finn Balor won the NXT Championship that I've tuned into a show. What matches should I binge from that time until now? Thanks for being a prime example of a great group of content creators who love what they do. You can tell with the high quality you give us every day. This sentence is me putting you guys over heavy. Your email chief and head of the emails, the Juan and only Gabriel. Thank you, Juan. Um, what matches between Finn Balor winning the NXT Championship to now, what matches should you binge on NXT specifically? If these are NXT TV matches, uh, I'd probably say the Finn Balor Kyle O'Reilly rematch was pretty mm -hmm. good. The Raquel Gonzalez Rhea Ripley Last Woman Standing match I thought was excellent. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I don't know. I, I mean, feel it's like mostly it was like takeovers, a, right? Yeah, there it's was the a stretch there where the the TV matches were just kind of like, meh, yeah, it's good stuff, but nothing fantastic. The last mm. few weeks, the main events have all been like really good. So mm -hmm. I would basically say to watch since the last set of takeovers and then just kind of keep up with the, the big matches on the show because I really like the Kyle O'Reilly Cameron Grimes match, the big eight-person intergender tag with the Way and Dexter Loomis and all that. That was pretty fun. And then the MSK Kushida stuff last mm -hmm. week was really good. And then we yeah. got a really fun match this week. So maybe yeah. nothing before the the last takeover, but since then you've got a lot to choose from. Mm -hmm. and obviously all the takeover stuff because takeovers are yeah. great in general yeah i mean so. that goes that goes without saying like if you miss the the takeovers between then and now just watch all of those mm. yeah absolutely yeah um 
we've got uh, another email here from Katie, who emailed in before about um, the embarrassing crush story that turned out to be the index thing that completely bamboozled us. Um, so Katie emails in again to say, Hi, Intangibles. I wanted to apologize for bamboozling you in my initial mail. I couldn't resist the overlap of the crush mails and hashtag index smiley face. Tempest, I hear your frustrations with Dexter Loomis, but I wanted to offer my perspective on his character. Have you considered him as a comedy character? Looking at him in the context of the wrestling universe, it was the announcers that put over he was a serial killer or freak, but we've never heard what he thinks or wants because he doesn't speak. He's kidnapped co-workers, sometimes for days at a time, and yet Mr. Regal has no issues continuing to feature him weekly and even allowed him to host an NXT show, The Man Who Doesn't Speak, hosting New Year's Evil. He's that deeply weird. He's that deeply weird co-worker who's always staring. Given how often he's lurking about and staring, the rest of the locker room knows he's that guy who's just going to be hanging out somewhere backstage, staring and hoping the people he wants to stare at walk by. He's hung out among the crowd at the CWC where they just accepted he was there to stare and continued their cheering activity without worrying about him being jarringly out of place. I don't get what it is that he wants, but his consistency in popping up and lurking places always makes me laugh because so much of his character seems up to interpretation. Thanks for the awesome content. Katie. Well, that's a, uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, <laughs> I mean, I will for sure concede that his character since like the last takeover, when all of this index stuff started, it's certainly been in like a comedy angle since then. So I mm. guess therefore he's a comedy character. Otherwise, I don't think he's funny. Mm. And comedy is perhaps the most subjective of genres in, in media. So perhaps that's just me. But when I see a guy who's like a stalker, serial killer type character, the first thing that comes to my mind is not that haha he's the funny man you know mm. yeah. i don't know i i've never connected with this character i think it's part like i've always said in reviewing these things that i don't find this to be the thing that i like in my wrestling you know like the totally i don't believe for a second that this person exists in the way that right. he does you know because when he debuted they were all saying like oh you know, the, the, the serial killer, like you never expected or whatever, because they see all of the documentaries about Ted Bundy and all these things mm -hmm. where it's like, they're really charming and you don't know that they're a serial killer. And then you see it on the news and you're like, Oh my God, I think you'd have a pretty good indication that there's something wrong with Dexter Loomis, you yeah. know, like, see, like, I don't believe the character. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't get the whole appeal personally. Yeah. It's weird because when when he when he first debuted as part of that that breakout tournament that he was in to right. start with, I was like, he's got a really cool look like that. Just just generally like the gloves, the mustache and his like physique with the two sleeve tattoos. I was like, that's a that's a cool look. I could buy into that. And the fact that he's kind of like I kind of dig when he's like completely silent and emotionless. But then when he gets angry, he gets into it. And then he's like, you know, when he's. And like little moments when he's like choking out Roddy Strong and then just like strokes his head after he did that just sitting on the floor. I was like, that's a, that's a cool little character beat. But I feel like there needs to be a bit more substance behind it to be mm -hmm. like, if he's just a, a strong, silent type, you know, that they've been harping on about for a while, which is why Indy's interested in him and all that. If he's going to be that, that's cool. 
give him something else. You know, it was like like when uh, you know when when like Riddle was in NXT, he was the happy go go lucky. Hey, what's up, guys? But then when he got wrestling, he was like, I'm going to murder you, and that's a cool little character. But at least he had the charisma and the happy go lucky bit and had promos and stuff. For him to just be completely silent and then also just be like, and now I'm angry. If I feel like I need more behind it, just mm-hmm. needs to be more. Just needs to be. Yeah, more, I mean, you know? I've I've always said on these shows, like to me, I I get really into like character motivation and goals, and like I want to believe that these characters are like multidimensional and have real realistic motivations and and everything like that. And that's not something that I see with Dexter Loomis. You can put him in a storyline where he's, say, challenging for the North American title, and you can say, oh, that's his goal. But I need to know why, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if if this is... I don't want to compare everything to, like, New Japan or anything. But New Japan, everyone has a different reason for wanting to be IWGP champion. It's not just that's the that's the thing that you go for that's the top title that's what you want because that's what you're supposed to want everyone has like their own unique motivations for wanting it whether it's like naito wants to prove the company and the fans wrong when they took away his opportunity years ago whether it's you know kazuchika okada wanting to establish his legacy and become the greatest of all time whether it's kota ibushi wanting to surpass god whether it's kenny omega wanting to change the world like they're all very different but they all fit into the framework of wanting to be the champion Mm -hmm. i don't have that deeper motivation for dexter loomis that I have with other people, because you can have the same kind of thing in NXT, where like Tommaso Ciampa's uh, goals were very different than like Finn Balor's goals. They were different from Adam Cole's goals. It's all different, but I'm missing that part of Dexter Loomis's character. I don't know that that would make me enjoy it, but it would certainly make me enjoy it more. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um... Should we do another email? Let's see if we got one here from... Let's do this one from Juan. Different Juan. Um, that says, Mis amigos, como están? So my last embarrassing story was... He did a naughty word. He did a swear. I can't say that. It was S word. Tut, tut. Uh, so this time I'm going to ask you, have you ever been so sleepy that you do things you don't remember until someone else tells you? Yeah. Um, one time I I hadn't been sleeping well and I was supposed to stay up late yet again with my friend because we were behind on homework and we had to deliver, uh, had to deliver it the next day. So it was 1am and I told my friend, let's take turns. I sleep from now to 3am. You wake me up and then you sleep two hours. Sounds like a plan, right? Well, I went to sleep and the next thing I remember is that I woke up at 6am. 6am was the time to get ready to go to school already because classes began at 7.40am. Classes began at 7.40am. Christ, hard pass. Move. Find a different school. Oh my goodness me. I start work at 7am and that's a a struggle, let me tell you. Goodness me. Um... I was pissed at my friend because he didn't wake me up and I didn't get to finish my homework. He then told me, man, I woke you up. You stood by my side without saying anything and with your head down. Then out of nowhere, you took off your pants. I asked you if you were going to do the homework and you said no and went back to sleep. So that explains why I woke up in boxes, I guess. After my anxiety went to the moon, I got lucky. That day at 7am, the news forecast said that there was a storm was, uh, storm was coming to our country and my school proceeded to give us the day off as a safety measure and I got to finish my assignment. Sorry for the long post, jam that jam. Love you. Thanks, Juan. Great story. Love that. 
That um, is a bit concerning, honestly. <laughs> I would be worried. Just getting up and just being like, no, I'm not. No, leave me alone. Go back to sleep. Yeah, that that that, that checks out. Yeah. I feel like we've all done something similar. Yeah, uh, probably. I, I've definitely done things like in my sleep. I don't mm. sleepwalk or yes. anything like that. But I think I did at one point. Because there are definitely things where it's like, I wouldn't have done that. That's mm-hmm. not right. You know, yeah. I've definitely I've said things in my sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my mom likes to remind me when I was like six or seven, she walked past my my room and in the dead of sleep, I just shouted the power of love. <laughs> and I don't know shout. why. Yeah, I don't know where I would have gotten that. But it's amazing. That's a classic one. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's that's amazing. Um, by the way, before I forget, I do have a, a story to add to that. Before I forget, if you want to email in to get your emails read out on the show, support at wrestletalk.com is the place to do it. That email again, support at wrestletalk.com. And uh, we might read your emails out on the show. Um, I had a, a friend who was infamous for saying things in his sleep. Um, like to the point of having full conversations, but still being completely asleep. Um, and he came around to where I was living. This was years ago now. I uh, came around and he stayed over at the place I was living. And in the middle of the night, <laughs> dude sits bolt upright in the middle of the night. And you'll appreciate this because you actually understand Pokemon references. He sits st- up bolt upright and he just goes, Pete. And I was like, oh, Jesus, like, uh, yeah, what's up? And he just goes, the Megahorn, it's real. And I went, <laughs> what, what, mate? <laughs> <laughs> and he just goes the megahorn it's real i went mate are you just are you just chatting s word and he goes yeah and then just lies back down <laughs> and falls right back asleep and i was like yeah what yeah oh god I've, it was i did something extremely serious uh extremely similar to that when my dad woke me up one day and i guess i'd been having a dream about a group project or something and mm-hmm. i just like sat up in bed and i said I don't want to do this stupid group project. <laughs> and he, he just looked at me. He's like, are you still asleep? And I went, I realized that I had said something that didn't make sense in the real world. And I just like went and just put my head back down. <laughs> That's amazing. All right. Yeah. Email in with the stupid stuff you've done while you've been half asleep. That sounds like a fun thing to talk about. Email them in, support But that is all the time we've got for this episode of the NXT Podcast. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. We appreciate you all coming out and listening. Uh, stay tuned. We've got some more stuff coming up this week. We've got another Intangibles podcast on Saturday with SmackDown. I'm then off for a week, so there won't be any NXT or SmackDown with the Intangibles. I know, it's horrible. Um, <clears throat> but we'll be back after that. And we've got Backlash and all that jazz coming up soon. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for listening. Appreciate you all. Take care of each other. Stay safe. We love you very much. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.